0: equations really shuffles my nuts
1: all right boys <laughs>
2: and gals for those that aren't aware you are now listening to the podcast between me nick and your other co-host brett brett the man the legend the myth i said that.
0: the man the myth the legend not a lot rhymes with brett it's hard to do Bubba fett okay go go jet nick the so so yet nick the what do you want from the me dick nick the the prick the dick nick the prick
2: yes i'm nick the prick and that's brett the bubba fett
0: which isn't a real word
2: yes it is bubba fett is a star wars thing i haven't
0: actually watched the star wars stuff Anyways, anyways
2: getting back on topic uh we are here to discuss this week's topic which is what brett engineering 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 what is engineering what does it mean to us engineering
0: you can engineering. say it. you've just said it three
2: times at different what various
0: is engineering i'm sorry folks These some would say that the word engineering stupid. comes from the latin word ingenorum which means creative fucker creative fucker others say that engineering is a tool used to torture college students who are decent at math and not much else Hey, I like science. Science is a thing. Doesn't engineering use science? No. No? Then why did I take all those physics classes? That was science? No, that's a math class. Oh. It's all math classes. I've been beamboozled. You see, if you can boil it down into math, then it's a math class. And if you can't boil it down into math, then it's not a math class. Science is made up.
2: No, it's not. It's just things we don't understand yet. Wait, that's magic. Never mind. Engineering is magic now, folks. English
0: class is magic. That's all there is to it. Every everything else is science. It's just
2: magic. All we deal with
0: is magic. So Fred,
2: for those that aren't constant viewers here on the, EPO, you know, podcast, what they don't know is that you are a mechanical engineering student. Yeah. what in the hell is mechanical engineering why is that a thing
0: you see I see what sometimes do I see? they can't see it's a podcast. things have moving parts I like moving parts, moving parts are cool and that's mechanical engineering oh so like
2: when the wind flows through a tree that's mechanical engineering
0: <laughs> if it's supposed to then yes what if I said that it wasn't supposed to? Is that mechanical engineering? No, that's a failure of civil engineering. Civil engineering?
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. back it up there, boss. That's not cool. Don't, don't wreck if, my shit. If
0: you install a tree... If I install a tree... not supposed to move. And then it moves. That's a... That's a failure.
2: That's a failure. Okay.
0: For those that aren't aware, I'm a
2: civil engineer in training. You know that whole EIT stuff but brett here doesn't like civils as much as i don't like mechanicals that doesn't really rhyme off the tongue now does it so regardless mechanicals is all about when something is moving that is mechanical that's a really great way of putting it i think a better way of saying it is more of think of any mechanical part and that's been touched dealt with or fussed with a mechanical engineer
0: yes the thing about stuff is that most stuff is made out of things which are in their essence mechanical
2: so stuff squared plus other stuff squared equals things squared yes sounds pythagorean very 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 a squared plus b squared equals c squared
0: Now there are chemistry people who would tell you that things can turn into other stuff. That's BS. And this is flat out wrong because I have in front of me a table of several materials and elements and things, and it provides no situations on this formula sheet for where one thing turns into a different stuff. Would you
2: say that you periodically look at this table?
0: I'd say that I spend most of my time looking at tables. How about you?
2: I think I have a problem with tables. I'm always looking at tables, eating at tables, standing near tables. It's a lot of tabling. I think we'll table this conversation for later and get back to what we're trying to get at.
0: You like that point? I was looking at a good table the other day, and it, uh, it had different material properties for different types of wood. I, I pulled down from the shelf the old volume that I got from a garage sale. Ah, uh, good old garage sales. Mechanics for technical students, or whatever. Copyright 1944. And it had slightly different material properties for different types of wood. I thought that was fun. That
2: was fun. So, what does this have to do with mechanical This table is made out of
0: fiberboard, which I don't think they had in 1944. But it was probably worse than most of them. Okay. In most physical properties.
2: So... You had a table
0: You had a table That, I'm that really was able. sitting on a different table
2: So it was a metaphorical table Standing on top of an actual table
0: I had a table of wood Sitting on top of a wood table And I looked at that and said Listeners,
2: you would not believe
0: What Brett is going through Yes, it was a pun Yes, I'm aware you don't like puns Yes, who cares Yes, I'm aware you don't like puns But I'll make them anyways now you're learning. Anyway,
2: so you're a mechanical engineering student. What do you learn as a mechanical engineering
0: student? I would say that a mechanical engineering student learns lots of things. Ah! Lots of very important things, some of which are useful. And then some are, would you say, useless? Perhaps
2: what would be the most useless thing that you have learned in engineering?
0: That's a great question, Nick. Okay. Uh.
2: Now, that question usually needs an answer. As a civil engineering and training, the most useless thing I could know is transportation. Do you have any idea how useless it is to know transportation? Like, I'm sure it's nice for your occasional uh, banter or your occasional, uh, you laugh at me, but like, ha, 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 I know how long red light stoplights are. And uh, ha, 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 whatever. Or your, you know, trivia night. But you know I know
0: all that about stoplights and stuff? Because we were at a stoplight the other day, and I, never
2: mind. Y- yeah, yeah, no, I, l- I learned how they, you know, come up with the, Time frame for it, and it's it's more of a it's kind of a niche thing where you start it was like
0: at eleven o'clock at night, and like we were going one way, and another truck was going like yeah. the opposite direction, and we were both sitting there for like two minutes on, geez, why does the stoplight work like this?
2: Uh, because certain, well, stoplights are dependent on communities in certain districts in certain, just depends on where you're at. Is what I'm trying to get at, and so there's an equation for it and you can look it up but red lights are dependent on factors for yellow lights and green lights and so you'll find that whatever your standard typical traffic you know commute is or what your traffic flow is for your area that affects everything in that form now off the top of my head i don't really know it because it is one of those useless things that i know But I will say one of the more prominent things with civil engineering, I would say, is geotechnical to potentially uh, water resources and management, so on and so forth. And those are things that I constantly use for my job. I really think that, you know, knowing the values of how to calculate a retaining wall so that way you you don't have a accidental mudslide coming in on your everyday life that's kind of nice to know but who cares how long your red light is you can just be on your phone for however long and call it a day so taking that concept and pushing it towards mechanical engineering what's the most useless thing you could point towards and just so our audience knows Brett ponders in thought deeply hmm.
0: sarcastically
2: yes. monumentously hmm yeah well the
0: broad and scope of mechanical engineering are simply so large it's hard to choose anything that wouldn't be of any use in any particular circumstance uh-huh. so would you say
2: that a lot of your education can't be used in everyday life but more in niche Life, if that makes sense, or more in a more specific scope. Yeah,
0: I I suppose there's not a lot that comes up in everyday life. In engineering, it might come up, but like knowing all the varieties and intricacies of different types of steel doesn't help me much any You know.
2: Oh, you mean to tell me you don't just wake up in the morning and eat at a big old bite of steel bar and just go,
0: oh boy, I can't
2: wait to just eat. Steel and learn yeah it's, I it's
0: not like I can look at something and go, Ah yes, this is ten eighty steel versus... I love some
2: ten seventy steel it's, yeah, it's a classic
0: yeah, it's a nice vintage it's it's not super practical for everyday life
2: sure, sure, so what is practical in mechanical engineering like what is something that you utilize? or could be utilized because you're still going through schooling you're still trying to do your stuff what is a mechanical you know, outside of
0: outside of work in everyday life? uh <laughs> ooh. i think i've stumped him folks
2: he's sitting here again in his thinker position you remember the movie uh what was it uh it's the second one night at the museum number two oh and he's at the smithsonian and he's there's just a thinker oh. i'm thinking i'm thinking
1: i'm thinking yeah, i'm it's, thinking yes,
0: it's one of the famous sculptures by rodin of the the thinker you what? know the guy who's thinking yeah would
2: you say that the thinker was thinking
0: i don't know about that that's a bit that would ventures. you say that he was postulated into the realm of the artistic.
2: Mm, yes, yes, yes. If we're engineering. There's no art in our our, uh, our
0: science branch. So, if you have I can, to... I can tell you that it hasn't helped me in automobile maintenance. Any, you know, nothing I've learned in engineering is helped me fix my fucking car, because most, well, maybe if you were super into... Electrical and stuff. Maybe that would help. I don't know. Cars Those are so electrical these days.
2: Yeah, you
0: know? it's not like they used to be back in like the '70s or '80s. All type. types of chips and things, and then you know it's. You know, in ye olden days, if you had a pair of pliers, you could pretty well go buck wild. Buck wild. Yeah. Okay. Do whatever you wanted with the car. Uh,
2: I guess I, you know, I don't know shit about mechanical. All I know is, hey, thermodynamics. There's a couple laws of that.
0: That's kind of important. What, did you not do any thermo? Oh, hell no. Well, thermo is fairly practical. I was able... Okay.
2: Why is so thermo so So I put a bunch
0: so of bricks in my mother's oven.
2: You, wait, what? I... I've heard of shitting bricks, I've never heard of putting bricks inside of an oven, buddy.
0: Well, it's true. My my mother got a crappy oven. So you put a brick in her oven? I put several bricks in her oven. I guess if when, when
2: roses are red and violets are blue, you get bricks and you put them in an oven, too.
0: Well, she bakes lots of bread for church and charity and whatnot. Uh, and we so, sponsor all churches, so remember that, folks. So she complained, oh, well, oh, the, the heating in my oven is inconsistent. There are some parts which are warmer than others, and it foxes with my ability to bake bread. And so I said, fear not, Mother Dearest. I will take several good red bricks of the, the good clay of the earth the good of clay, clay of, the of the earth passed through the fire of the furnace and cooked them in the, the richest tin foil would you say the fire's a mordor? yes the darkest and yeah, deepest so, depths so the, so the bricks soak up and reabsorb heat it's like a heat battery it helps uh keep the temperature in the oven more constant so
2: how did you know to use those
0: red bricks who, who
2: puts a brick inside of an oven like what, what made did. you think oh hey I can do that
0: well because the problem was the, the problem was that the heat in the oven was inconsistent in some parts were different heats than others were uh, they so I put several bricks in the oven okay uh because on account of thermodynamics ah yes which is yes. is yeah, so yes, I, I knew that the heat of the oven would soak into the brick and then radiate back out of the red brick into the rest of the oven.
2: Oh it's a smarter particle. Yeah, you know. yeah. yes. yes. And
1: and
2: now <coughs> so it just sounds like mechanical engineering just doesn't have any practical usage in a person's everyday life. Besides cutting practice. <laughs> yes, except putting bricks in the oven. That is actually quite depressing, if I'm being honest.
0: But compared to what? I'm being gonna... able to have a more accurate count when you're sitting there at a the traffic light going five, four, three, two, one, go. Okay, fair enough,
2: fair enough. I would say that engineering doesn't really have a practical application in the everyday person's. It's more of a niche thing that allows the practical man to have their practical life because we developed the processes for them to have said quotation marks around the word practical and execute it properly. Because without no, an engineer I mean, you can't... A bit
0: much. You think it's a bit much? Why is it a bit much? I mean... It, it can have some practical applications towards the problem-solving mentality and all that. Sure, problem-solving, you know, I'd agree with. Ye,
2: but we're talking about niche if, things. If that's we what are engineering to consult
0: is. The holy text of engineers, which has been passed down from generations. Oh, I. yes. The, the, Schrodinger's comics, Schrodinger's the comic strip Dilbert. Oh, good right? old Dilbert. I mean, Dilbert's a computer engineer, but he tells prospective date, hey, I'm an engineer. You're an engineer. I'm an engineer. I can fix things around the house, you know. Uh, you don't think that engineering has helped you at all with household projects or anything?
2: I mean, nothing that, that you can't learn in the trades. Like, I'm not a metal worker, I'm not a metal, I'm not a blacksmith, I'm not something that can go out of my way and just be like, hey, Lamel, I'm gonna go make myself a nice. ...sword to go slaying the dragon that lives next door. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, man. I think engineering is just really niche... ...and it helps to solve the the problems of the world... ...that we don't always necessarily think about. And for someone like you and me... ...you and I both flourish in environments with really specific problems... Like, broad problems, like, oh, no, my cat's lost. How do I find him? I I, I fail to see how engineering could help with that in in that in that regard.
0: You know, like, maybe we could logic it out. Maybe we could pull a Sherlock Holmes. and. Well, if you had a radio beacon attached to your cat, like all good cat owners ought to.
2: Oh, yes. Like, we should just RFID microchip it. on your cat. Let's microchip our cats.
0: Then you would only need, like, three receivers. To be able to triangulate.
2: Brett, you might be onto
0: something. I know. We have an entire business model now. Ladies and gentlemen, invest thousands in engineering education to triangulate cats. Triangulate your cats. That's the,
2: that's what we should do now. I think when it comes to engineering, I stand by it being. Me. You say that it's not very niche and that it's more specific in regards to what you're studying and what you're doing. And I think that the, the, the process is helpful with engineering, but not the principles of engineering. Like, I cannot think of knowing why the weight of a steel beam in everyday life and how much it can hold would be very applicable, or knowing that my retaining wall can withhold 12,000 pounds of square pressure, or, or whatever you want to say. Like, knowing those niche things don't necessarily help, but the development and the processes of engineering do help. Agree or disagree? He contemplates silently Silently in the middle of the night.
0: Well, it depends. Like most things. Always.
2: I'm talking about in general, though. For those that can't see, Brett's given a 50-50 Maybe shoot. not
0: immediately applicable, but like, if you understand why a bent kitchen sink works on kind of fluid dynamics and all that. You know, will you have a better chance of wrapping out of lady loves piece of jewelry that was dropped down it? Maybe. Maybe not. Sure. I don't know. Uh,
2: maybe I'm more pessimistic and you're more optimistic. I don't know. I think that a better indication is keep talking about the engineering process or the engineering mindset problem solving. So with your schooling, especially since you're in the middle of it, what is the development or what is the process or what is the mindset that you take towards a problem when it comes to, you know, the idea of engineering? So you're given a problem in real life. What is that engineering process that you bring to that problem that can help everyday people?
0: Well, I'm I'm glad you asked.
2: I'm glad that you could answer.
0: The first step is to recognize that something is fucked. Oh
2: always. I love it when things are fucked.
0: And then to try and come up with something to fix it okay. or several things and then to choose the best thing and then try and do that how do you know something is the best thing to pick from that's where the big bucks come in ah yes that's why we and you, you and me get paid the big bucks of course
2: always or a gajillion dollars an hour That we Uh, charge people. So then, would you say that the engineering mindset helps to tackle a problem, but then allows for somebody to come in and pick the best solution based off of engineering topics and practices? Perhaps so. Perhaps so. Perhaps so.
0: Okay. So then... What I have in the back of my mind is the long-running feud between the mechanical sheriff and the mechanic. Okay, elaborate
2: Mechanics. They
0: don't appreciate automotive engineers very much.
2: I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but you are a pain in the ass. Like, how many times does my oil I mean, filter and my yeah. oil need to be in the How most... many times
0: has your wife complained that I'm such a pain in her ass? I know, I know.
2: If I had a wife, that would actually be insulting, but instead i find it very funny. Ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. Ha ha ha. ha. Uh. But no, it's. It, it, I, I understand it because it's like the mechanic can fix things, but the mechanical engineer makes things efficient. So it's practicality versus efficiency, right?
0: Does the understanding of the sciences behind it give him any advantage over the everyman in fixing things? Fucking maybe. Fucking maybe.
2: Fucking maybe. So let me ask you this. Do you think that changing your oil in your car should be as complicated as it is now?
0: It should be easier to access.
2: Okay, but why isn't it? Because you're a mechanical engineering student. Obviously that you should be able to tell our viewers and our listeners, Hey, WTF, what's up with this? Like why can't I change my oil very easily? Why is it gotta be so complicated? Especially when the uh you because know Because of the foreign cars.
0: The what? Because if it were easy it wouldn't be any fun mm. if there were a, if there were a big bolt on the bottom, the nice easy access, et cetera twist here to change oil. That wouldn't be any fun, would it?
2: So you make it needlessly complicated. It's it's
0: part of the sport. It's part of the age-old game. You're no fun. Why do you hate me? Why do you hate viewers?
2: And we're back, folks. Sorry for that inopportune break there. Red here had to use the gentleman's room.
0: Any comments, questions, or concerns here, Brett? I'd say that an enhanced understanding of fluid mechanics increases my enjoyment of things me. About that,
2: Obviously. So, back to the question we were all pondering before we took that inopportune break. Why do mechanical engineers feel the need to make an oil change so damn difficult? Why? It's fun. It's fun.
1: Okay.
2: So I sit here and I ponder myself and I think to myself, this is the exact same kind of question that I prompted Brett. What kind of mentality do I bring to the table as far as when it comes to problem solving? And I see it more in my work. More in the sense of how... There's always a a certain way of doing something. Right, Brett? Yes. And you just... you, You go and you attack that same task the same way that you were taught. But the engineering mindset brings to the table a plethora of different ways of doing something. Whether that's through the ideas of your... I guess your development or your education. And so... For me what I bring to work is the uh, this difference in doing something. Maybe it's more efficient, maybe it's more time consuming or maybe it's more just somewhere in between like there really isn't a it's not a good way, but it's not a bad way either, so it's more mediocre at best. And so I I think to myself even though that I have this mindset and I develop these problems to, or sorry, I developed these solutions to these problems. How how does one go about doing engineering? Like even though I'm to this point where I've developed this mindset, when somebody's starting out and trying to do engineering, how do they do
0: engineering? How do they start bread? Roger Bacon said that mathematics is the queen of the sciences. Brett, that's, you're gonna have you're gonna have to
2: talk education. a little louder here, boss. The who and the what did the queen to the what? Sighs heavily.
0: I don't even know that my earbuds pick up fucking
2: anything. Oh, they can they can pick it up.
0: Roger Bacon said that mathematics is the queen of the sciences, and that mathematics is the Best place to begin any sort of education. Oh fun. Uh, probably towards the direction of Euclid's elements and a uh, understanding of geometry. Obviously. So an
2: understanding of geometry. Like what circles, squares, pies, galore, oh yeah. my. Size heavily. Okay. So you, you get into mathematics. Is that what you need to be a great engineer?
0: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah?
2: Yeah. I've met engineers that aren't necessarily great at, it, you know, math.
0: Are they good engineers, though? Uh,
2: how would I know? I'm an engineering in training. What makes a good engineer? Someone that's, you know, made it to the engineering level i guess we should define what makes an engineer someone who has an engineering job and According an engineering degree the or National the engineering society
0: of engineers a good engineer is one who doesn't kill millions of fucking people i guess that's a good thing but technically
2: albert einstein helped to develop the nuclear bomb and well he, he killed you know a literal city of people if that's even a
0: metric he wasn't an engineer though, he was just a physicist.
2: Okay, so it's okay for physicists to kill people, but not engineers? Yes.
0: Okay, I stand by that too.
2: But a good engineer is someone who doesn't kill people, so now magically every engineer is now a good engineer?
0: On accident. On if accident. You're, if you're supposed to kill millions. Okay, if you're supposed to kill millions <laughs> of people,
2: now it's, oh, uh, well, yeah, that's a little bit of a sketchy, yeah, sketchy sketch. But, let's say, what are the hallmarks of a great engineer?
0: I don't know, the, the National Society of Engineers all this always tries to tack like, and show, look out for public safety, blah, 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 and stuff on the ends of things. Which is always a bit weird. Uh,
2: They're a little bit sketchy, sure. They're not really. I mean, they modernized the entire engineering field, but sure. Yes. Yes, indubitably. So I would say that the hallmark of a good engineer is someone who can problem solve efficiently. doesn't necessarily need to be quickly because there's no there's no way that a problem can be solved that fast. That an engineer can uh, take his knowledge and best serve the public. And as long as they do those two things, that, that, that would be the hallmark for me on what a good engineer is. So, in my experience, the engineers that I know, they both do that in a sense. But at what point... Do you start start serving the people or the public, and start serving yourself as a business? You know, like you, you're an engineer, but you 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 need to make money. Like that's most people don't just become engineers on a whim; they they do it for the monetary value. So, at what point is it the public versus money? You know.
0: I mean. Why can't you just do it out of love for pure geometry?
2: Sure, just do it for the shape, the triangle, the nice Illuminati symbol.
0: I mean, uh... If math is the queen of the sciences, then surely geometry is the, the, squire, the real the center of the mathematics. Of... You I
2: thought we were going know, with the, uh...
0: The ancients and them, the Greeks and Romans and them, they had a really shitty number system.
2: Sure.
0: You know, uh, you've, s- you've seen ancient problems, Roman numerals and clock faces and all that. And like, does it look fancy? Alright. But like, it's not good for actually doing arithmetic and algebra and stuff. Can you imagine actually, like, sitting down and trying to do math in Roman numerals? Like, it would get so confused so instantly. It's, it's, oh, is this I before the X, or is this I before the next X, you know? How does that answer the question, though, buddy? We're trying to figure
2: out how someone can be a good engineer. The
0: ancients didn't have a good number system, so they didn't use it they didn't use algebra on the number system
2: so they used their own discretion they, in these va-
0: numeric values they started with geometry they started with a circle drawn in the sand with a stick and they said well what is the ratio of its circumference to its diameter you know what what is all the stuff that we can draw on the sand about these idealized shapes that it really exists only in our minds, but that we try and crudely represent in the soil.
2: Uh-huh. So, what does this have to do with engineers and <laughs> their monetary value versus their ethic obli- ethical obligation towards the public? yes yes so absolutely nothing is what i'm hearing so answer the question to the best of your abilities what would it be
0: that you either have to kill none people or loads of them okay or so a small you- amount very efficiently
2: so you can't half ass whatever you're doing engineeringly wise.
0: That's right. As
2: crudely as you said that, I I kind of understand where you're coming from. Yes. From a very interesting standpoint, I would say that for the most part, I would say that you're trying to get to this point of that you can't simply just allow for mass murder. That's not okay with engineering. You have to do your due diligence and you have to work on if it's minimizing... it's not
0: co- supposed to explode, it has to never explode. If it's supposed to explode, it has to explode very precisely in the exact time and place it's supposed to explode.
2: So, to get back to the root of the question that led us on this tangent... What does it mean to be a good engineer, essentially? I would say that don't let people die. Don't let things explode unless, they're
0: supposed unless to. Okay. Unless they're supposed to die. Don't let things explode unless it's supposed to.
2: Okay, that's what you meant. I was gonna say
0: that's a little morbid there, buddy.
2: Don't let things explode, don't let people die.
0: These are all really good
2: arbitrary <laughs> examples of being a good engineer. I would say a good hallmark is being able to deal with the basic concepts of engineering that they teach you, especially in your fundamental exams, uh, which I just passed myself, and that you are going to be passing here in your
0: uh, upcoming months. I mean, you're a civil engineer. You know, you do lots of... Civil? uh, What did I say? You said I'm a civil engineer, buddy. Who's <laughs> a civil
2: engineer? I don't know. You're going very Shakespeare on me there for a moment.
0: Uh, you deal in lots of Dirt you know dirt and urban planning and uh hydrology and all this type of thing. Oh, how do we avoid letting people get flooded and all that, blah 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 blah. Always a fun time. I hate to date the podcast too much, but like just the other day, uh, the Russians a, bombed a, a dam in Ukraine. And. If I might be so bold, god damn it.
2: He just yes. sighed very heavily, folks. He liked my pun. And Actually, so, he loved so my pun. A
0: decent amount of Ukraine was flooded because of you. Russian attacks were able to demolish this. That's dam. not good. And there's no power and stuff being generated from it and all that. So it's now, a
2: hydroelectrical dam. It's slightly different.
0: <clears throat> so,
2: what's the question? Or, I guess, what's the, what's the main comment here? Because I'm just a little confused.
0: 80 years ago, 80? if you wanted to take out a dam or a factory, or a rail yard, or a depot, or something. You would need hundreds of bombers, hundreds, and thousands of bombs, sure. to be able to hit a pretty small target.
2: Okay, like but a, it's not like hard to take out or a dam. Or something. Like What's structurally, that? it's not hard to take out a dam.
0: It is from is the it? air.
2: Okay, okay, from the air. Yes, I'm just saying that structurally. If you wanted to cause mass
0: chaos, it is not hard. If you had a saboteur with a few dozen well-placed sticks of dynamite, maybe not.
2: Okay, sure, sure, I agree with that.
0: Now, nowadays, you know, you have lasers and GPS and all this good stuff, which means that you really only need one bomb to take out a dam or at least part of a factory or something you know okay and really this precision is bringing down the total loss of human life but still completing the mission you know
2: okay where are you going with this buddy
0: that's good engineering
2: that's, that's good efficiency. Engineering. to eliminate the structure that we just engineered <laughs> with minimal casualties. Yes. Yeah. RIP to Ukraine. We respect and yeah, love I mean, you. Now Hopefully now you can hit a target fight, fight off, off the of Russian invaders.
0: Instead of trying to hit an entire city and hoping you get the right building.
2: The right, okay. So, what am I engineering here? How to blow up an engineered dam?
0: You've done... You've completed the objective with minimal loss of human life.
2: Okay, so we remove everybody from the town. Does that meet the objective?
0: Well, they tried at least, like, getting the children and stuff out. But, like, it, so. it's been impractical to do all of it. Uh, the point is, is that by making something more accurate, more precise, you've not only saved time, money, etc., but you've saved human life
2: okay so nonetheless this is a very morbid example you're saying that the more efficient more precise efficiency and precision are two different types of (coughs) ideals excuse me we have the potential to engineer a better solution to saving or maintaining human life Yes. Okay. So, how would we, re- how would we get around bombing a dam and stopping that from happening so no human life would happen,
0: no human life By would be dead. Bomb so precise that it hits the dam without having to bomb the entire surrounding area. I mean, if the dam. Okay, closed, but like the water would still flood and kill and people. people. Get anyway, as well, it yeah, was still fucked. So then how do you avoid that? Well, you have emergency radio and all that. Hey, the dam is fucked. Please <gasps> go away. You know what I would do from a
2: civil engineering standpoint? Because that's more mechanical, like what you that? just said. I would create leeways or uh, levees that would have, <gasps> uh, be later down the uh, flow path, so-and-so, or the, the path that the water would go towards the uh, living areas. And have it diverted in certain areas so that way it would make the flooding less devastating. Just in case, if there was a flood event, kind of like what you were describing, even though it was very morbid, it is a decent engineering hypothetical that we do need to consider. So, some of the kind of engineering esque things that we had to deal with, or especially me that I had to deal with, was kind of the uh, the more recent one was the uh, collapse uh, in, I think it was California, where the building just fell. And it was like from the 70s or 80s, I believe. Is that right? You know what I'm talking about, buddy? No. No? It was a building that just collapsed randomly. And at the end of the day, it just, it, it ended up being just a It fell over. It it did fell over. It did fall over, as the more, uh, you know, correct way of saying it. Um, It fell over because of the lack of attention to detail for longevity when it came to when they initially made it. And because of that, it fell over, and it ended up killing a lot of people, but it is a good study case in the sense of hey, when we're designing stuff, or hey, when we're doing stuff, we need to make sure that we're thinking long-term, very much like your dam problem. We're thinking of, I mean, it's not a problem, it's already happened, but this dam, even though it did that, what are the measures or what are the things that we can do to divert the catastrophes that could happen? And so I think part of the hallmark of being a good engineer is trying to change or alter the future potential catastrophes that could happen because you engineered this thing. And I think overall no matter what you're doing no matter how you're doing it whether it's mechanical, whether it's civil, whatever profession you go into, you have to ultimately try put your best foot forward and it It can take a lot of steps to just be a good engineer to be to even go into the field of engineering what would you tell people brett get fucked get fucked i mean yeah i'd say that too ultimately i think engineering is not for everybody it's one of those areas that you got to really love what you're doing It, it does take a big math background and it really does take just a lot of motivation to get through the rigorous portions of the beginning of engineering and if you can do it great if not there's no shame in it because a lot of people uh, you know they don't usually try and if they do great for them and so i think this pretty much just wraps up the podcast So any last words you want to say, Brett? Get fucked. Get fucked. Those are words to live by. So y'all have a good one, and we'll see you on the next episode.
1: Are you a true connoisseur of luxury and leisure? Do you have an eye for understated, clean designs and a passion for contemporary fashion? Look no further, because we have something special just for you. Welcome to Oxford Cafe Detroit, the apparel design studio and concept cafe catering to luxury plus leisure enthusiasts and industry professionals. Step into their virtual shop, where you'll discover a carefully curated collection of limited production goods. Each item is crafted with local expertise exuding quality and sophistication. From apparel to accessories, their designs embody the perfect blend of contemporary leisure luxury and timeless style. But wait, there's more. They not only offer exquisite products, but we also invite you to be part of their vibrant community of creatives and tastemakers. And what better way to immerse yourself in the world of luxury and leisure than by tuning into their popular podcast, The Cool Report, pronounced Cool. The Cool Report is your go-to destination for weekly updates on our latest product collection drops, exclusive members-only events, and captivating headlines from the luxury plus leisure industry. They delve into fashion, art, design, travel, food, and more, bringing you insightful discussions and interviews with industry insiders and trendsetters. Whether you're seeking fashion inspiration, curious about design trends, or simply looking for a dose of lifestyle content, the cool reports have you covered, they're here to keep you in the know, so you can stay ahead of the curve and indulge in the finer things in life, and to sweeten the deal, we're offering you an exclusive opportunity to enjoy 15% off your first order with the promo code WELCOME15. Simply visit their website at www.oxfordcafedetroit.com and start exploring their exquisite collection of contemporary leisure luxury apparel and goods. So, Join Oxford Café Detroit and be part of the community that celebrates the art of living well. Tune into the Cool Report podcast, and let them be your trusted source for all things luxury and leisure. Oxford Café Detroit A eh, where understated elegance meets contemporary style. Experience the luxury plus leisure lifestyle like never before.